Welcome back to Time with God, a podcast put on by Trinity Lutheran Church in Bangor, Michigan. Happy Sunday, March 1st, 2020. Starts a new month today. And on Sundays, we normally would listen to the sermon preached at Trinity Lutheran Church. But today, uh, there is a guest preacher this morning at Trinity Lutheran Church in Bangor. And so we will continue our walkthrough of Scripture uh, today looking at Genesis chapter 40 and 41. As always, stick through the reading of the scriptures. There'll be some commentary at the end about what it means for our lives, what it means for salvation history, what it means for the Bible as a whole. Chapter 40. Sometime after this, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. He put them under custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he was responsible for them. They stayed in prison for some time. While they were confined in the prison, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt each had a dream. Each man had his own dream during the same night. Each man's dream had its own meaning. Joseph came to them in the morning, looked at them, and saw that they were troubled. He asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so troubled today? They said to him, We each had a dream, but there is no one who can interpret it. Joseph said to them, Interpretations belong to God, don't they? Please tell me the dreams. The chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. In my dream there was a vine in front of me, and the vine had three branches. As I watched, it budded. It blossomed, and its clusters produced ripe, gra ripe grapes. I had Pharaoh's cup in my hand. I took the grapes, pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and handed the cup to Pharaoh. Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation. The three branches are, the three, are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. You will place Pharaoh's cup into his hand the way you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when everything is going well for you. Please show kindness to me and mention me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this jail because I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews and I also have done nothing here to deserve to be put into this dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. I saw three baskets of white bread on my head. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh but the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. Joseph answered, This is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from upon you and will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh off of you. And so it was on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. Pharaoh had a feast prepared for all his officials, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position again, and he again placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had explained to them. Nevertheless, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Chapter 41 At the end of two full years, Pharaoh also had a dream. In the dream, he was standing beside the river. There, right in front of him, seven beautiful fat cows came up out of the river and were grazing in the marsh grass. Just then, seven ugly thin cows came up out of the river behind them. 
and they stood beside the other cows on the bank of the river. The ugly thin cows ate up the seven beautiful fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. Pharaoh fell asleep again and dreamed a second time. He saw seven healthy good heads of grain come up one come up on one stalk. Right after that, seven thin heads of grain blasted by east wind sprang up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Pharaoh woke up and realized that it was a dream. The next morning he was very troubled, so he sent for all of Egypt's magicians and wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, me and the chief baker. We each had a dream during the same night, he and I. Each of us dreamed a dream that had its own interpretation. There was a young man with us, a Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him our dreams, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man, he gave the interpretation of his dream. It turned out exactly as he interpreted them for us. Pharaoh restored me to my office, but hanged the chief baker. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. Joseph shaved, changed his clothing, and went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not my power. God will give Pharaoh an answer to give him peace of mind. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph. In my dream, there I was, standing on the bank of the river. Suddenly, seven fat, beautiful cows came up out of the river and were grazing in the marsh grass. Just then, seven poor cattle, very ugly and thin, came up after them. They were uglier than any I had ever seen in the whole land of Egypt. The thin, ugly cattle ate up the first seven cattle, the fat ones, and when they had eaten them, you could not even tell what they had eaten, that they had eaten them, because they were still as ugly as they were at the beginning. Then I woke up. Later I had another dream, in which I saw seven heads of grain grow on one stalk. They were full and good. Then I saw seven heads of grain spring up after them. They were full and good. Then I saw seven heads of grain spring up after them. They were withered, thin, and blasted by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads of grain. I told the dream to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has declared to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cattle are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one dream. The seven thin, ugly cattle that came up after them are seven years, and also the seven empty heads of grain blasted by the east wind. They will be seven years of famine. This is the very thing that I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh that he, what he is about to do. Look, seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the whole land of Egypt. Seven years of famine will come up after them, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will consume the land, and the abundance will not be remembered in the land because of the famine that follows. For it will be very severe. The double dream was shown to Pharaoh because this matter is established by God, and God will bring it to pass very soon. Let Pharaoh therefore look for a man who is wise and discerning and set him over the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does this, let him appoint overseers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them collect all this food 
from these good years that are coming. Accumulate grain under the authority of Pharaoh to provide food for cities and let them store it. The food will be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt, so the land does not perish because of the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. Pharaoh said to his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man, a man who has the Spirit of God? Pharaoh said to Joseph, Because God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you are. You shall be in charge of my house, and all my people will submit to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, Look, I have appointed you over the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. He dressed Joseph in robes made from the best linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He, made, he had him ride in the second best chariot that he had. Men went ahead of him crying out, Kneel down! Pharaoh appointed him over the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but in the whole land of Egypt no one will lift up his hand or his foot without your permission. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphonath paneah and he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, as a wife. Joseph went out and began to rule over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and traveled throughout the whole land of Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the earth produced plentiful harvests. He collected all the food during the seven good years in the land of Egypt and restored up for, uh, stored up the food in the cities. In every city, he stored up the food from the fields that were around the city. Joseph stored up huge amounts of grain, like the sand of the sea. Finally, he stopped keeping track because, because it was too much to measure. Two sons were born to Joseph before the first year of famine arrived. Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, gave birth to them. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh because he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's house. He named the second son Ephraim. He said, yes, God has made me fruitful in the land where I was afflicted. So the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt came to an end. The seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in every land, but in the whole land of Egypt there was bread. When the whole land of Egypt was starving, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, do whatever he tells you. The famine spread over the face of the whole earth. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. The famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The whole world came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the world. For those that know their Old Testament Bible history, these are two uh, uh, fairly familiar chapters. Uh, once again, obviously advancing the narrative of, of the, the historical narrative of Genesis. But as it does so, we, we hear what happened to Joseph, right? He was still in prison. Uh, what we read um, from the previous podcast. And Pharaoh has some dreams. But before Pharaoh has some dreams, Pharaoh was mad at, at the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he throws them in prison for something that they had done. Scripture doesn't tell us what it was, but 
bad enough that they were thrown in prison. They both had dreams. And Joseph interprets those dreams. One was uh, a vine that had three branches that produced fruit. Uh, the the cupbearer uh, plucked the grapes and put them, uh, pressed them into the wine cup and, and gave them to Pharaoh. The interpretation of that dream was that in three days you will once again be restored to your office. The other one, the chief baker, had three baskets on his head uh, with baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds ate them before he could give them to Pharaoh. Uh, that one was not so favorable. That meant that in three days, Pharaoh would have that chief baker killed. Of course, these interpretations came true because it was God working through Joseph to interpret these dreams. And this was going to play out uh, very importantly for the next chapter, in the sense that at the very end of chapter 40, Joseph asked the chief cupbearer to remember him and talk to Pharaoh about him. But the chief cupbearer forgets. That is until Pharaoh has these dreams year, uh, you know, sometime later. These dreams that are bothering Pharaoh, the seven uh, good fat cows and the seven ugly thin cows. The seven good heads of grain and the seven really bad heads of grain blasted by the east wind, which is normally a very dry wind. And so Pharaoh is troubled by these dreams and the cupbearer hears about this and then he remembers Joseph. And so he tells uh, Pharaoh about Joseph and Joseph call and and the Pharaoh calls for Joseph. Pharaoh says to Joseph, "I hear you can interpret dreams and do it well." Joseph could have taken the credit here, but it's important to note that he doesn't take any of the credit. He says, "God will grant Pharaoh peace. God will interpret these dreams. He gives all credit to God." And then he interprets the dreams. It's really the same dream. The seven fat, ugly, or the fat, good-looking cows and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. Seven bountiful years. Seven years where you don't know how much, what to do with, with all the grain and all the, the, the stuff that you're going to get from the land, all the produce that you're going to get from the land. Won't have any idea what to do with it. And then will come the seven bad years, the seven ugly cows, the seven uh, bad heads of grain blasted by the east wind. Seven years of complete famine. Seven years uh, that are going to be so horrible that the land is basically going to produce nothing. And so then Joseph asks Pharaoh to put a plan into place for all this so that they have food during these really seven bad years after the seven good years. And Pharaoh says, may it be, and I will put you in charge because God is with you. In fact, he was put second in command. Only Pharaoh was over Joseph. And so Joseph puts that plan into place as, as we end uh, chapter uh, 41. 
He puts that plan into place. The good years were so good that he couldn't keep track of what was coming in. And then during the seven bad years, it says that the whole world saw this and the whole world came to Egypt to buy its grain for food because that's how bad the famine was. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting because here's Joseph who was sold into slavery years and years and years ago. It seems like his life is horrible. It's bad, terrible. Nothing's going right. Then he is master basically in Potiphar's house, uh, head over all the workers, which is going well until Potiphar's wife plays her trick on Joseph. Joseph is thrown in jail even though he hasn't done anything wrong. And life seems terrible again, right? But here is God working through various means, include the, including these dreams, to bring Joseph finally to second in command of Egypt. What looks so dire at the beginning, being sold into slavery, and then dire again as he's thrown into prison in Egypt. Now Joseph is second in command. And now he is helping not only the nation of Egypt, but all the surrounding countries. And that's going to become very important even as we get into tomorrow's podcast in, in how important this is going to be. For us, what does this mean? Well, it means that God works out all good. And I've said this the last couple of podcasts, but this is just continuing that idea that God works out all things for the good of those who love him. Think of Joseph. Couldn't been in great spirits after he was thrown into prison. Couldn't have been in great spirits after he was sold into slavery, wondering what in the world is going to happen. But there is God. There is God working out all things for his good. If you didn't know Old Testament history, you wouldn't have known that that was coming. And now this is a complete surprise. A pleasant surprise. And yet, how quickly do we forget? Do you and I? I know I do. Bad things come into my life, whether it's a sickness, um, personal problems, heartache, death in the family, whatever the case may be. Could be any one of those. It could be none of those in your life. But how quickly do we forget those promises of God? How quickly do we forget examples like Joseph and how God works through some of those circumstances to bring about his good for his people? And it's what he deems good and what he, he deems best for our spiritual welfare and the welfare of those around us. You know, I, I think... It's hard. It's hard for us to put that childlike faith, that childlike trust in God. But that's what God wants us to do. 
But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust in him, to trust in him fully, to look to him, to have that childlike faith that says, because God has done it, so it must be true. Easier said than done, right? But God has given us salvation history. God has loved us so much that he was willing to do all of these things for us so that we could be with him in heaven. That's how much your God loves you. And no matter what you're going through in your own life, whatever your difficulties or issues or problems might be, your God loves you. You see that time after time after time in Scripture. Take those accounts and take those promises to heart. And trust that they're true. This ends today's podcast. Certainly, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, uh, please go to our website, www.trinitybangor.org. There you'll find some information about our church and different ways to contact us if you want to talk further. As always, wish you God's, God's blessings and, and pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to strengthen our faith as we grow together in his word. God's blessings. See you tomorrow.